Our scripture reading for this morning will come from the book of Romans, chapter 16, beginning with verse 17. Paul's letter to the church at Rome, chapter 16, beginning with verse 17, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned, and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all, therefore I am rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you, and so do Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen. I, Tertius, who write this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, greets you. And Quartus, the brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him who is able to establish you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. Yes, I am a little sad about coming to the end of Paul's letter to the Roman church or churches, as we've discovered. I'm going to save the last few verses of this for this afternoon's lesson, Lord willing, and concentrate in large part on verse 17 and the few verses that follow it. How do you stay grounded? Do you have a tendency to go off on tangents? Have you ever with your diet or exercise routine? Perhaps in the area of politics or even religion? I want to focus upon a... uh, a word contrary and develop this aspect of being a contrarian. Is that a, a romantic thing to you to go against the flow? To question authority? Are you a contrarian, a nonconformist? Do you like striking out on your own against all odds, if not against all sound advice? <laughs> Perhaps just taking the opposite view of everyone else in the room, just for the fun of it. When would such an attitude of being a contrarian be a negative? Well, when it involves safety issues, uh, for instance, 
not wearing your seat belt just because everybody else does, or going over the speed limit, or taking risks that are unnecessary. Also, whenever it sets the wrong example for someone that's watching you, someone who is a novice or inexperienced, perhaps even those who look to you for guidance, like your children or your grandchildren, being a contrarian could be a negative, couldn't it? It certainly becomes a negative in the context of today's reading. When one goes contrary to the word and the will of God. Let's read again verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. I'm watching you. I'm keeping my eye on you. The word there is scopio. Well, that sounds a little bit uh, visual, doesn't it? You ever put a scope on a rifle? Watch out. Mark them. Take note. Observe. Contemplate. Be very careful of. Be on the lookout for. Why would that be? Well, it's because of the area in which they are being the opposite of what they are supposed to be. Uh, really, in the Greek, the word contrary is para, and it simply means to be the opposite of, the opposite of the teachings. But Paul describes then what that results in. Essentially, one who is contrary to the teachings that have been given and received is not teaching the truth. Peter describes them this way in Second Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of the truth will be maligned. When does being a contrarian have bad consequences when it's contrary to the will of God, to the truth that has been revealed. Imagine the church at Rome being described as um, ones who are obedient. That's how Paul says that they are known in verse 19. For the report of your obedience has reached to all, therefore I am rejoicing over you. And yet Paul knows through the Spirit that they're going to face challenges, if not already facing them, from those within their midst who will teach things contrary to what has been revealed. Why is that a threat? Because it divides and it presents stumbling blocks, not just for the novices, but also for those who are within the church who perhaps are not staying on their guard. Therefore, the initial statement, be on the lookout Keep your eye on, observe those who walk contrary. Scopio is very important. It's not as if uh, Paul is trying to counsel us to be apprehensive about everything, to be unsure. Instead, he is saying, let's face reality. There will be those even in your midst 
who will begin to turn away from sound doctrine, from the teachings that you have been given. The word for uh, those who cause dissension can also be translated divisions. It's decostasia, disunion, to stand apart, even sedition or insurrection. What is Paul's counsel? Not only observe them, but turn away from them. I think this is a concept we have trouble with, to uh, turn away from those who don't stand for the truth. We, we want to be loving. We want to be accepting. And that is true of those who come out of sin. We love the sinner but not the sin. And there are times when one is required to separate himself from even a brother. Remember in Corinth, the one who was living with his father's wife. Even a brother in the Lord, if they are not walking or attempting to walk, repenting of their sins, attempting to walk in righteousness. Observe them and turn away from them. That might seem cold and callous, but it's the same as cutting away a cancer when it's discovered in order to save the body. Paul says to the Philippians, A similar statement, this is from Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Here the watchfulness is get behind your leaders. Follow good examples. Both are necessary. Mark those who walk with disregard to the truth and Set those who are truth seekers up as an example. Turn with me to hymn number 1003. Teach me thy way, O Lord. 1003. Teach me thy way, O Lord, teach me thy way. Thy guiding grace afford, teach me thy way. Help me to walk aright, more by faith, less by sight. Lead me with heavenly light, teach me thy way. When I am sad at heart, teach me thy way. When earthly joys depart, teach me thy way. In hours of loneliness, in times of dire distress, in failure or success, Teach me thy way. When doubts and fears arise, teach me thy way. When storm clouds fill the skies, teach me thy way. Shine through the wind and rain through sorrow, grief and pain. Make now my pathway plain, teach me thy way. 
Long as my life shall last, teach me thy way. Where'er my lot be cast, teach me thy way. Until the race is run, until the journey's done, until the crown is won, teach me thy way. I'm reminded of what Jeremiah said. I know that the way of man is not within himself. It is not within man who walks to direct his steps. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Paul told his son in the faith, Timothy, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. This is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Brethren, join with me and observe those who walk according to the pattern. God's scripture, God's word, that which the Holy Spirit has delivered is that upon which we build our lives. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. When we stand firm in God's word, we are blessed. Not only do we unify the body to the head, which is Christ, but we also remove stumbling blocks and hindrances. That's what the, the verse in back to Romans 16 and verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. The Greek word for hindrances actually is scandalos or scandalazo, to cause one to stumble, a trap, a snare, an offense. Remember, as Jesus walked this earth, he cautioned those who were the religious leaders because they were not walking in righteousness. They had become contrary to the will of God and the things that they held the people to. And so he says in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 26. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. That's quite the cautionary edict by Christ, isn't it? 
if you cause someone to fall away, if by your contrariness and in your false teaching you cause someone to stumble, well, it's a scandal. It would be better for that person to have never existed, to have a millstone hung about their neck and cast into the sea, than to cause one of God's little ones to fall away. In Acts chapter 15 and verse 24, since we have heard the same, since we have heard that some of our number to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words, unsettling your souls. Can you cause someone to become unsettled just by what you say? That's the outcome of being a contrarian to the will of God. The unsettling of souls. That stumble is not simply to, to fall physically, but to fall spiritually. Is it because misery likes company that people go there? Why would you intentionally lead someone to fall? Well, it's because the focus of that contrarian is not upon what's best for others, but upon themselves. And in their own mind, they are simply serving their own passions. Look at verse 18 of Romans 16. Why do they do what they do? For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. They're salesmen. They're politicians. They are ones who it's more important to get a following than it is to know where you're going. Just as long as people are following behind you. Intent on deceiving the hearts of the unsuspecting through smooth and flattering speech. It's the very definition of evil, isn't it? Love is doing what's best for another, regardless of the cost or how you're treated in return. This is the opposite. This is doing whatever is necessary to gain a following, even if it means I'm leading them to their own destruction. That's why Paul goes on to say, I know of your obedience, your reputation precedes you, but I want you to be warned because I want you to be wise in what is good, verse 19, and innocent in what is evil. Ultimately, God will win. He says in verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. But in this life, we must be aware we must be wise. We must be discerning. Whether that is finding those within our number who would teach things contrary to the pattern or whether we hold up those who heed the counsel of God and follow truth and allow them to become an example for the rest of us. How sad it is if there is within the congregation someone who is unsettling the souls of others. It's the leadership's obligation to make a distinction so that the pattern, the holy pattern given to us by God will be followed. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be completely, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way.
I started out by asking, how do you stay grounded? How do you keep from going off on tangents? Well, certainly in the area of the Word of God, we must remain grounded in the truth. We must remain focused on following those things which God has delivered, coming to know them, to understand them, and then putting them into practice in our lives. When is being a contrarian detrimental to one's salvation? Whenever we fail to heed what God has revealed for us in the Scriptures. It's not a matter of discussion or choice. I have talked with those who who say, yeah, that's how you feel about it. That's what you think about it. When God's word is clear that salvation comes through Jesus Christ and him alone, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, then you don't turn to other religions, nor do you condone them for man's salvation. When God's word proclaims itself, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh to the Father but by me. When Peter proclaims, this is how you find salvation, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's not up for debate. That's what's revealed in the scripture. Paul, even in this letter to the Romans, saying in Romans chapter 6, when we're baptized into Christ, that's when our old man of sin was taken care of. What was it he says now in verse 20 of chapter 16? Satan will be crushed. That's the point where Satan is crushed in our own lives. The old man of sin is crucified and we are raised to walk a new life. If someone wants to say that's up for debate, then view them for what they are. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. You say, but I might hurt their feelings. Yeah. (laughs) You might also save their souls as they did the young man who was living with his father's wife. By 2 Corinthians letter, he had repented, and Paul urged them to receive him back. No longer in sin. They didn't condone what he was doing. They made that clear. He had to turn, repent, and respond to the correction that he had received. The prodigal son was received by his father because he left the pig pens and returned home. The churches of Christ salute you. We are the body of Christ, but he is the head. And his children listen to and obey his teachings. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way. Thy guiding grace afford. Teach me thy way. Help me to walk aright. More by faith, less by sight. Lead me with heavenly light. Teach me thy way. When it comes to God's word, being a contrarian doesn't pay. 